<laughs> now so, I would I would lead off with uh, NFL talk, but who the hell gives a shit? So we're going to now nah, we'll start off with the Browns. Um, that may be the worst loss, the worst loss, the worst loss I have ever seen in the history of being a Browns fan. Um, Joe Flacco, who I think improved to 18 and three all time against the Browns with the win. Correct. Correct. Um, and it was his best performance ever against the Browns. So that's awesome. Um, you know what? The rest of the division lost, so I can't be that mad. But um, I- I'm still a little bit in shock how they were, how, just how they were able to actually lose that game. Well, I was actually just before this podcast listening to some people talking about this game, and uh, mm. Nick Chubb, who has been known to oh, brother. ruin a point spread or two in his day, uh, apparently decided that this was the one that he was going to go for. He was going to go for it, and out of nowhere, apparently an NFL team learned how to recover an onside kick, because that's never happened before in millions of years, it feels like, at least. So, I gotta say, I'm pretty surprised with how that game wrapped up, but from an entertainment perspective and from a uh, perspective of wanting the Steelers to at least for as long as they can remain near the top of the division with especially getting some help from the Dolphins over the weekend I loved mm-hmm. it well yeah um, it, it, it was so shocking that they lost that game it didn't fully set in until like the next morning I woke up looked myself in the mirror and was like oh my god the Browns lost didn't they because the the rest of the day was the blur. I'm like, oh, I wasn't even mad or anything. I was more just like, oh, okay, they lost. <laughs> the Browns is the Browns. Yeah, anyway, enough about I... that. Steelers look bad. Bengals look bad. Ravens look awesome, but Tua just had the game of his life. Um, yeah, who cares about the NFL? I, I'm a college football guy, anyway. All right, let's talk some college then. Yeah. Um, actually, we college football is kind of boring this weekend. Not going to lie. The App State can, game was cool. Yeah. Um, Ohio State put 77 up on a team. Haters are furious. The haters um, are. Yeah, because the whole talk was how they were an uninspiring win against Arkansas State last week. So. Instead, we put 77, although we did, I don't know, whatever happened. Because Travion Henderson had to leave in a walking boot, so I don't know what his deal is. Um, Kansas, my Kansas Jayhawks are 3-0. Hmm. Um, well, I, we're going back to the old days of the 2007 college football Kansas Jayhawks. Ooh, they've gotten some votes. Uh, they're not going to make the rankings, but they've gotten oh, some votes. Speaking of which, I do have my rankings, my first rankings that I made of this season. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Uh, let me pull it up. Okay. We got t- typical four or four through five is the same as everyone. I got Georgia, 
Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan is my top four. Five, I put Oklahoma above USC because I think Oklahoma's playing good good football offensively and defensively, and I think USC's only playing good offensively at this moment. Uh, speaking of USC, they are six. Seven, I have Clemson. I, I tend to punish teams that have bad offenses. I can look past a bad defense. I can't really look past a bad offense because you got to score, and Clemson is going to have problems scoring against good teams. Um, and then this is, honestly, past the top five or the top seven is where shit gets bad because eight, I have Kentucky, although I don't feel like they're the number eight team in the country. Nine, I have Penn State. Again, don't feel like they're the number nine team in the country. Ten, Oklahoma State. The offense looks good. Eleven, I have Arkansas. They're they they're teetering on complete epic col- or not collapse, but they're teetering on losing a game they shouldn't. Uh, Twelve, I have NC State. I was really high on them coming into the year. The week one game against Eastern Carolina kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, and they haven't really done anything overly impressive enough for me to kind of move them out of where I see them, which is like the 12th ranked team is kind of how I see them in my head. Uh, 13, Utah. I still think they're really good. 14, Tennessee. Awesome offense, bad defense. 15, Ole Miss. I really like them. 16, Washington. They just had their huge win. There are a lot of really good teams in the Pac-12, by the way. Um, 17, I have Wake Forest. They had their first big game of the season and Sam Hartman's back. So we'll see about them. 18, I have Oregon. That was beating BYU by three touchdowns is huge. It's huge for Oregon. And honestly, it may tell me more about Georgia than it tells me about Oregon just because of how badly Georgia dismantled Oregon. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing when I was watching that game. And honestly, it wasn't even that close because they pulled Bo Nix in the third quarter and then brought him back in later. Right, yeah. I mean, Oregon just whooped up on BYU. Shout out to all those who had BYU plus three and a half. I am those. Um, Texas, I have at 19. They would be higher with Quinn Ewers, but it is what it is right now. Uh, 20, Baylor was never really high on them to begin with. 21, BYU, I was really high on all season. And then uh, obviously that loss was brutal for them. I pro- If they would have won, they definitely would have been a top 10 team for me. Uh, 22, Minnesota. They look like the best team in the West right now, Big Ten West. 23, Texas A&M. Even after beating Miami, I'm not impressed with Texas A&M at all. Uh, and then 24 and 25 are the two teams that I jumped on early to begin the year, and I've loved watching them ever since. 24, I have Oregon State, and 25, I have Kansas. Well, let's see. What the rankings suggest. So, according to the AP, all right, let me do some math here. 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Oregon State is 32 and Kansas is 34. Yep. With Minnesota splitting the difference. Yep. I tend to award teams more for winning rather than looking good. Because I I don't think – there's probably a better team than Kansas for the 25th, but they've proven it on the field where it's like Florida State hasn't really proven it. App State hasn't really proven it. I'm looking at the others receiving votes tab. Um, Washington State kind of has proven it. They went on the road and beat uh, Wisconsin. 
And who does Washington State? I think they have a good game this week. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking Oregon State. USC is going to Oregon State this week. I can't wait for that one. No, um, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. I think that's going to be a really good one. USC's minus six and a half last I saw. Yeah, I'm staying away from that game because I want to watch that game. That's going to be a really good one. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, if you look at Kansas, I mean, they they arguably have the best offense in the country right now, at least from a number standpoint. Um, especially, their, they absolutely have the most explosive offense. They're third in scoring second in points per play, third and third down conversions, which is huge. They are picking up seven yards per carry and seven yards per pass. I mean, they are awesome. Defensively is a problem, but if you put them in, if you put them against teams where they can, where they're going to have to win via shootout, they're going to be in a really good position. Yeah, man, this is going to be an interesting next couple of weeks as we start to transition into conference play. Right. I was looking at some of the schedules to see what kind of conference matchups we got going on over the next couple of weeks. I like that we got Clemson and Wake Forest. Clemson traveling Ooh, to yeah. Wake Forest. That'll be a fun one. Sam Hartman missed the opening week of the season, but he has been back. And Clemson is a touchdown favorite. The full touchdown with the extra point, minus seven on the road heading to Winston-Salem. I can get just seven and a half right now. Yeah, Oh well – this one, we have our AP versus Odds Makers Rivalry of the Week. Last week, it was Washington minus three and a half, hosting Love number it. 11 Michigan State. This week, it's Iowa State minus three. It was minus two and a half earlier today. It's already ballooned out to minus three against number 17 Baylor. Again, Baylor lost to BYU. BYU loses to Oregon. Uh, what does this all mean? Because Georgia blew out Oregon so badly, we don't even know really how to what to use as a barometer for the right. situation, but that's one to keep an eye on. Um, the Oh, we're going to have some theme music uh, today, DJ, or I guess Saturday, as tw- number 20 Florida heads to n- number 11 Tennessee. Number oh. 11 Tennessee is a 10.5-point favorite. You know what what station that's going to be on. That's going to be on CBS. I'm super DJ excited for it. Dude, there. I actually think Tennessee's, like, semi-legit. Um, yeah, their offense is really good. I really like Hendon Hooker. Uh, defensively, they have some problems. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the pit game, um, a couple weeks ago, they were basically going touchdown for touchdown against Pitt, and then Keaton Slovis got knocked out of the game. And you thought, I, I would have liked to see Tennessee completely pull away from that point. They didn't. They looked kind of bad. And had to win in overtime, but Tennessee, Tennessee could catch a lot of teams. They could be the team that catches Alabama this year. Oh, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far, but they do play them every single year in their rivalry game. Uh, the lowest ticket in Neyland Stadium, or the cheapest ticket at lowest price, is 280 bucks. Uh, good luck trying to make it into that atmosphere. You mentioned Washington State. They're a touchdown dog as they host Oregon coming to town. That's going to be 3 p.m. On, or I'm sorry, 4 p.m. on Fox. i got to account for the time difference here um, as I list out these times. 7.30 ABC, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit. They're going to be calling Ohio State against Wisconsin, who I guess so, some people liked earlier on, and then they just lost to Washington State, and now no one cares about them anymore. 
Yeah. And I guess uh, we'll give a little bit of a shout out to the Herm Edwards list, Arizona State Sun Devils. Matt Rule is on the way. Uh, He just won't be there in time for this game against Utah in uh, Tempe, I guess it's called. And as you mentioned it, on the Pac-12, this is a shame that this game's on the Pac-12 network. This is almost a ranked versus ranked matchup, USC and Oregon State. Oh my god! On the Pac-12 network. Yep. Oh god! I don't even. Nobody has the Pac-12 network. That's the problem. Get your streams ready. Oh, I'll find one because I am absolutely watching this game. Hey, Once Ohio State Ohio goes State, up by 50 on Wisconsin, I'll, I'll switch over to USC, Oregon State. Philo at Ohio State used to have the Pac-12 Network. Gross. The Pac-12 Network. I thought they so, were having problems. I thought they were going to shut down. I thought the Longhorn Network was going to shut down, but it's still going. It's still going, but it's not on every like sports package. Like We used to have the Longhorn Network here in Cleveland, but we don't get it anymore. Gee, I wonder why. There's yeah. There's no way that was uh, viable outside of the state of Texas. No. Um, as There's not a real big market for watching uh, Texas softball here in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. No. So, but, um, yeah, this should, this should be a better week because I think last week was the first, like, really bad week of college football because most of the game – there weren't a lot of competitive games. Um, Washington, Michigan State wasn't all that competitive. Shout out to me for flipping to Washington on that game. Um, BYU, Oregon wasn't all that competitive. What was the other one? I think there's another game that should have been. Oh, uh, Penn State, Auburn was not competitive in the slightest. Oh, Auburn was terrible. Auburn is awful. They are so bad. I I couldn't believe I could get Penn State at three. Because I got, because I ended up getting them at three the day of. I couldn't believe it. I mean, Penn State is so much better. Penn State's actually really good, and I'm starting. To, I'm not concerned because they're not on the same planet as Ohio State or Michigan, but they are very good. And us going to Happy Valley this year could be a little bit of a concern. Um, I I've been thinking about this game a little bit. And as you know, I don't trust Sean Clifford, nor do I trust James Franklin. So that alone, uh, I'm already thinking Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, just because I just crossed out their quarterback and their head coach. So uh, that's kind of tough to win when I don't believe in those two. But I do think that maybe the 12th man that exists in Happy Valley could play a little bit more of a factor than usual because it's it's probably going to be a night game. It's going to be in, in Happy Valley, Ohio State's Has C.J. Stroud played in an environment like that? I, I guess he played in Michigan last Michigan. year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't perform well in, in that game. Well, I guess he, he performed fine, but the team no, Michigan did not perform. Uh, that was mostly the def- offense and defensive line. Uh, and particularly – The Penn State game this year probably might – most likely will be big noon kickoff, if I have to guess. Hmm. Because Penn State's whiteout is against Minnesota this year. Oh, that 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 blows. I would assume but, I would assume it would be big noon kickoff. Minnesota's a decent team, I guess. Yes, they are. So I will uh 
I will keep that in mind. So I guess you're right. I guess uh, Fox won the Big Ten. Uh, the Fox won the Penn State Ohio State game and whatever draft that they had, um, which I imagine whenever they draft these games with uh, ESPN slash ABC, I got to assume that the draft is almost the exact same every single year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, big noon kickoff was basically just Ohio State versus whoever Ohio State was playing. And that was the whole season was big – Ohio State, the big yeah, noon kick, or Ohio State football presented by Big Noon Kickoff. Yeah, that was with, with the occasional Oklahoma game, right? And now, and now they're doing a much better job getting like Michigan involved because I know they, them against Maryland, is Big Noon Kickoff this week, which should be interesting. I'm very interested in that game because now Michigan actually has to play somebody who's worth a damn. Um, oh, is Maryland that worth Maryland's that many good. dams though? They got a good offense. Talia. Talia Tagaviola, whatever. That should be my trivia question for you is just pronouncing names. Who's the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins? Tua Tagaviola. Close enough. Yeah, but Maryland's got a good offense. So we'll see. Again, I really like Michigan. I said I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. I really, I really think Michigan could, could go back to the playoff this year. I don't think they will because – Losing to Ohio State's going to hurt, and it's starting to look like Alabama and Georgia are going to be playoff teams. Um, and then obviously Clemson looks good, Oklahoma looks good, USC looks good. So, but um, yeah, we got a whole lot going on in college football this week, which is a yes, good thing because last week blew. Yeah, we also have, we have we have a decent Thursday night game: Coastal Carolina at Georgia State, West Virginia at Virginia Tech, and then Friday. Friday Air Force plays, and they better wake the fuck up because they lost to Wyoming, and that really sucked. I had two two of my favorite win total over on the win totals lost games that they shouldn't have this week, uh, Air Force and Kansas State, and that, that was super obnoxious. But uh, Duke-Kansas should be a good – that should be a very high-scoring game because Duke is actually playing decent right now, and they have a really good offense. We just talked about Kansas. Um, let's see what other games we've got. It's not, it's, again, it's not a great schedule just because of the lack of ranked matchups. But um, Minnesota at Michigan State should be good. Notre Dame at North Carolina should be interesting. Uh, oh, yeah, speaking of Notre Dame, how many we times won. did you shit your pants on that Hail Mary? Uh, there was uh, some, like, I, 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 I just – just interjections and a lack of breath, just and then one giant sigh of relief at the end of the game. Um, that was no, it would have sent the game to overtime, so we still would have had a shot, and right. and they would have had to nail the extra point, which I'm just assuming that they would have. But I uh, I thought that we were gonna have to take that one all the way home in overtime because. That play, one guy had it and then lost it at the last second. That guy probably hates his life right now because he had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, two guys almost had a touchdown on that play. But, um, hey, at least Marcus Freeman yeah, got a win. I, oh, my God. We made it. We got a victory. Um, Marcus Freeman looks halfway, like, intimidated and also just halfway, like, his team's not – executing so 
I don't know who's more at fault if it's a coaching issue or if we just don't have the the talent we thought we did. As as I've mentioned, certainly I've been very hard on the offensive line. We were supposed to have maybe the best offensive line in the in all of college football, and we've come out and we've really struggled to win the line of scrimmage uh, in our first three games, which has made life miserable for us. But uh, Marcus Freeman already answered questions, and I can't believe he said this. It's the I think it's a fair t- a fair statement, and I I always appreciate someone who's willing to go to the podium and be honest because so many guys just go up there and just say whatever nonsense gets them through the question, which isn't useful to anybody and is a giant waste of time. Now, I, I understand that they may not want to answer every question, but I appreciate the ones who do with complete honesty. But I still don't know why Marcus Freeman admitted that – uh, the Notre Dame is already in a position where they will be looking for a quarterback via the transfer portal in the offseason. I don't know why you would say that, but I I don't think that's an unfair opinion. But, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least he's honest about his quarterback situation because it ain't good. It, uh, no, it's not. Um, Drew Pine ain't it. Um, what's the other guy's name? Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner is not it either. Uh, not like we'll get a chance to see if he's at. Uh, you may. Um, the kid you're going up against this week, Drew May, or Drake May, he may be one because he looks really good at North Carolina. Yep, another May family member in Chapel Hill. Uh, I think that family has like three or four different sports covered between all those siblings who have all played in North Carolina, and now here comes football. So I'm a Mac Brown fan. I'm happy to see that Drake may doing well for them. Um, would not like to see him do well this week, but I, uh, I, I root for Mac Brown. So I, I, I would like to respectfully win, like maybe a, a, just a seven point victory. Nothing crazy. Oh, well, uh, you are currently a one and a half point dog at North Carolina. Oh, oh, well maybe we're giving them too much respect. I need yeah. to, I need to get it together. We'll figure it out. Yeah, there's let's see. There are a couple games or a couple numbers I do like. I like I do like North Carolina. I think I just think they're simply gonna outscore you. Um I like the over in Florida, Tennessee. I like I kinda like Kansas State plus twelve and a half. Although Oklahoma looked really good against Nebraska. I like I like the over in USC Oregon State over seventy and a half. Oh, I like I like Washington minus thirteen and a half against Stanford. I like I'm 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 probably going to debate this game all the way up until the kick, but I'm leaning Wake Forest over Clemson. Only only if I can get it at seven and a half. I'm not going to go. That's my minimum. I'll take it at. I I kind of am leaning Wake Forest too, and I'm I want Clemson to be good, man. I do, but gosh, I I just don't know. Their defense is good. I'm really unsure about that offense, so I don't know what to think. I'm kind of thinking just go with Wake Forest here because they're the home team. So maybe even even if they don't win the game, they can keep it close, but. This is going to be a, a really good test for Clemson, I think. Yes, it is. It's going to be their actual, their first test because 
again, I mean, they're beating teams by a pretty healthy margin, but they don't look good doing it at all. No. Especially offensively. Um, I kind of like Baylor plus two and a half over Iowa State, but I don't like Baylor as a team. And I love the over in Duke, Kansas, 66 and a half. I'm going with Iowa State just because I trust the oddsmakers over the AP. Uh, I have mm. no idea why because Iowa State looks crappy against Iowa. But I just, I'm going to fly blind. I don't need any logic. I don't need anything. Just I see, the num- I see the numbers next to their names, and I see the numbers on the betting sheet. And that's what I just, I just got to do it. I just got to trust that Vegas knows something I don't. I will always side with the odds makers in these situations. And I think I'll be right more often than not. Now, will I get this one right? I don't know. But that's just my strategy, and I'm going to stick to it all the way through. It's not a bad strategy because I'm pretty sure Vegas did pretty well last week. Because um, there's a lot of rat lines out there, and they all ended up hitting. But uh, let's look at let's look at the NFL. We got a matchup of you and I this Thursday uh, uh, live yeah. on the Buckeyes Amazon Prime Video. I'm uh, I'm excited for this one, man. I like I like the Amazon Prime stuff that they had going on last week, and I'm excited to watch it again. I like that their that their crew at halftime has a unique cast of people that Carissa Thompson, who I like Tony Gonzalez, who they, they plucked him from Fox and then two newbies. They got Ryan Fitzpatrick and Richard Sherman also on the uh, pregame postgame and halftime crew. So I really like that. I like that they're trying out some new people because it's, it kind of feels like a, a, unfortunately a new generation of football, because I think that this streaming stuff is really going to take over one day. And uh, I, I don't think that this is just going to be limited to Thursday night. This could be like half of the NFL slate on streaming, which I right. don't know if that's a great thing, but I think we're heading that way. And I think this is going to be a competitive football game, uh, regardless of who wins. I think it's going to be kind of a knock them out, drag them out. I really wish TJ Watt were playing in this game so he could, you know, counteract what Miles Garrett's going to do because he's going to wreak some havoc on the Steelers' less than impressive offensive line. But two bad quarterbacks. This is not going to be a great football game in general. No. But, I mean, people in the Midwest know the AFC North, is uh, that is some good old-fashioned football. Mm. And you and I like these two teams, so we're going to be focused in on it. But are people out in the middle of Idaho going to care about this game? No. And should they? Probably not. But you and I no. sure will. Damn it. Oh, yes, I will. Um, Steelers are plus four and a half. That's kind of a lot. Uh, the total is 38 and a half. I kind of want to go the under, but 38 and a half is just such a low total. But this game just screams like your classic 13 to 9 AFC North game. Because both these offenses are awful. And the mm-hmm. defenses are supposed to be strengths of both teams, although it de- definitely has not been for the Browns. Um, but yeah, I'll go under just because I, I feel like this game just screams. Like some ugly ass score. Yeah, it's gonna be like nineteen to fourteen, or I don't know, twenty four to eighteen, something weird. So uh, twenty five, eighteen, maybe I don't know, but it's gonna be weird. And this is gonna be some classic AFC North football. Um, 
is going to be probably heavy on the defense. Maybe even some defensive touchdowns wouldn't surprise me the least least bit. Uh, so right. get get ready for uh, the anti-Big 12 to take place. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of defense, a lot of Nick Chubb to the right, uh, Najee Harris to the left. It's going to be that all night, and I can't wait for it. Um, <laughs> Baltimore at New England. Baltimore's getting – or yeah, get it giving three points. Um, I'll tell you what, I do not like the Patriots at all this year. I don't like them at all. Well, I think a lot of people are down on them, uh, maybe unfairly so, uh, at least coming into the season. Maybe if you saw week one, maybe you were justified in that opinion. I wasn't sure why everyone was so out on them. I know that their receivers aren't great, but outside of that, I thought that they were kind of decent, but Week one, they only man, they only got like 24 points across two games. So slow start out of the gates. And if I don't even remember, if Nelson Aguilar doesn't make the the catch of week two, yeah. then that game may not even be what it was. Then they they may not even have won that game. So uh, not impressive so far. I don't blame you for disliking them. And I guess against the Ravens, who I think are a formidable opponent. I'd probably lean Ravens on this one, too, so I think that's fair. Uh, then we got the Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins. Uh, Miami's a five-and-a-half-point home favorite or home underdog. Um, yeah, the Bills look like um, – they. you know what? They look like the team that is a preseason Super Bowl favorite. I'll say it. Uh, I didn't watch I didn't watch much of last night's games because I fell asleep some, at some point during one of those games. I don't remember which, but I fell asleep. Uh luckily I did because the Bills absolutely uh demolished the Titans. Uh the Stomped Titans might off. be really bad this yeah. year. Yeah, the Titans might be really bad. I don't know. I know they I know I, I think the last thing I saw was when Taylor Lewan got hurt. Uh does anything come out about him yet? No, but I I remember seeing a play and I saw seventy one at left tackle. I'm like, where's the one? Like I didn't I didn't know that he was hurt. I didn't even know if he got hurt in game or before, or last week or what. But I did notice that he wasn't out there and I was confused. But dude, I think Mike Vrabel's gonna be on the hot seat heading into next year. I, he's gonna have a couple years of missing the playoffs. Well, uh, he made the playoffs last year, but kind of left in embarrassing fashion. Because the Titans yeah. recorded so many sacks and they still lost that game to Cincinnati. I think that, I mean, gosh, if, well, hell, now that I think about it, Indianapolis doesn't want to win this division. It doesn't look like, again, we no, two take. So, so, buyer beware. But I think my take about the Jaguars might come true. I think that they might be the ones to come pull this off. That's what I, that was my thought heading into the season. Now, I initially thought that because I thought the Jaguars were going to be a really good team. Uh, and by really good, I mean for AFC North, for AFC South standards. But now it just looks like everyone else is so bad that through two weeks, I'm leaning Jaguars almost by default. Right. I mean, Derrick Henry looked bad last week. Derrick Henry didn't look bad. He just – he's starting to look more and more ordinary every game or every season. So, we'll see about – I think, yeah. And I think – I think this is the last year they could potentially have an out on Ryan Tannehill's contract, which they desperately need to find a way to get out of because uh, he sucks. And Malik might as well just see if Malik Willis has anything. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be bad for the Titans. Uh, this pro football 
talk.net.nbcsports.com uh, says that Taylor Lewan is still being evaluated. So he left on a cart. So probably not a good sign. Taylor Lewan's no. also a guy who's probably going to get probably his last year in Tennessee as well because he's he just he's just not worth the amount of money he's getting paid right now. Um, as much as that sucks because I love the boys, but um, oh, yeah. next game. New Orleans at Carolina. So the winless Baker Mayfield like Carolina Panthers. Carolina is a three point home dog. Um, New Orleans did not look good at all offensively against Tampa. Um, but I still have to go New Orleans because Baker Mayfield is, he's awful. He is really bad. I think Sam Donald. Is starting the season on IOR, so I don't know how many yeah. weeks that puts him out, but whenever he comes back, it's go time. Um, the gap between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold is not that big, talent-wise. So if Baker Mayfield's production is this bad, you might as well see what Sam Darnold's got. So we, we might be seeing a second round of Sam Darnold here at some point in the season. I agree with you. Baker Mayfield's been so bad to start the year. I'm going yeah. with uh, with uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. But, New uh, Orleans. Yeah, if, yeah if, if Matt Corral wasn't out for the year, we probably would have saw him soon, see him soon, because, yeah, Baker's not good at all. Um, Kansas City at Indianapolis. We were just talking about the Colts. So they look awful. Um, Kansas City is a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. I, this feels like a spot where the Colts are actually going to win, though. I probably won't pick this game at this number, but if I would, I would take the Colts, I guess. I guess I will, too, just because in the NFL, I believe in course correction. Now, the the Colts botched week one. They came out and looked like the worst team ever in week two. So, got a course correct. They're going to find a way to pull it out in week three just because the NFL is so weird. That's how it works. Um, now, granted... I was pretty sure the Bengals were going to win in week two, and they didn't do that. So I'm still waiting for them to course correct. But uh, I I understand what, that the Colts have a lot of talent on that team, and they will put it together. And, yeah, I can see it happening this week just when you think that they're one of the worst teams in the right. NFL. That would seem like the, the perfect time for them to go out and put together a really solid game. Yeah, I mean – the poor Colt, poor Colts, man. Andrew Luck retiring really set that franchise back a lot. They were going to win the Super Bowl, I'm telling they you. They were. They absolutely, at the very least, they were going to win the AFC Championship one time with Andrew Luck, at the very least. Because, I mean, for a long, for a long time after, even during and before, the Colts had one of the best rosters in football. And they still kind of do. They're just not, they just don't look good right now. Um, then we got the Lions at the Vikings. Vikings are five-and-a-half-point home favorites. They just got whooped by the Eagles. Didn't watch a single second of that game. Um, but Detroit, I don't know what to make of Detroit right now because they looked, they looked good offensively against the Commanders last week. And then they almost had a massive comeback against um, the Eagles that they didn't, but the defense has given up a lot of points. Minnesota's got an explosive offense, sort of, as as explosive as you can get with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. 
Uh, so I don't like it, but I think I would take Minnesota. Not at that number. I I got to go Detroit on this one. Um, uh, I'm staring at a Minnesota minus six as it currently stands on this website. And this this website being ESPN.com. I don't know why I said <laughs> it like it was some yeah. big secret. Uh, Who? Yeah, well, what the hell is ESPN? Yeah, yeah you ever heard of S-Pen? Um, no, I'm going to go with Detroit at that number. Gosh. Again, course correction. The the Vikings keep flip-flopping back and forth, so it makes sense for them to be back on this week right. because they were off last week. And uh, as far as I know, this game won't be in any primetime slot, so they should be in, in a better position to take them a victory. But uh, this is going to be a really, really competitive game, I, th- I think. So I'm going to go with the Lions. Yeah, that's going to be a good game to watch, especially since the Browns don't play. I'll just be watching that one. Uh, the Eagles at the Commanders. Commanders are six-and-a-half-point home dogs. Yeah, again, I don't know what to make of this because Washington's offense looks pretty good. I really like Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, and um, I really like their running back room. I don't know how I feel about Carson Wentz. But um, but on the other side, I'm, I'm not a huge believer in Jalen Hurts. I know he did what he did last night, but not a huge believer in him. So... I'll take the Commanders, plus six and a half at home. I will, too. Six and a half is too much for me for a road team. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm slowly being won over by Jalen Hurts, but I'm not all the way there yet. And the Commanders have a really, really good front seven. So this is mm-hmm. going to be a really interesting matchup. And the Eagles have a really good offensive line. So we got strength on strength. This is going to be a fun one to watch. I definitely think the Eagles are the better team, but the, the, you know that's not how the NFL works. They have you, you got to kind of play off the extraneous factors. There's, there's, yeah. Is there a is there a big home field advantage in Landover, Maryland? I'm not quite sure. Oh, um, is is the stadium going to fall on top of Jalen Hurts again? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Commanders because that's just that's a big number to me. But I'm certainly liking the Eagles to win this game, but oof. Yeah, it's screams a 24-20 Eagles win. Um, yes. We got the Raiders at the Titans. The Titans are plus two and a half at home. And the Raiders, that was a brutal loss on Sunday. They should be... They're, they're, they are a better team than what their record shows, as I do as the Titans probably are. But the Titans, Tannehill looks bad. If you're without Taylor Lewan, that's a huge blow to a, a rushing attack that's supposed to lead this team but hasn't looked good. I, I I don't like take I don't like taking road dog or road favorites often in the NFL, but I'd have to here. Yeah, I don't like road favorites either, so I am not going to do that. I'm going to go with the home dog. I just the NFL is so tight, man, that uh, I just any time I see a home team as an underdog, I immediately lean towards them. Even I know that's not how it works. That there are plenty of road teams that are just flat out better, and they will win because right. of it. But that that stuff just scares me. I'm. I feel comfortable looking at a home team that's getting some points, so I'm going to go with the home dog. 
Um, then we got the Texans at the Bears. Don't know what oh, to make of either, either of these teams. My Who's God. Watch uh, this game. Right. The Bears are minus two and a half. Here's the thing. Justin Fields certainly has not been that great in the NFL. Nobody in that quarterback class has been. Um, but still, I really like him. I just – the problem with the Bears is they only they only go as far as Justin Fields will take them because they're making him the single focal point of that offense because he has to be. But it, that's no way to develop a quarterback like Justin Fields who needs to learn how to pass the football in the NFL level. But – I don't, I don't know which way to lean. I, I think I would take the Bears as a small two-and-a-half-point home favorite. But I don't I don't know. Both these teams are really bad. I actually think the Texans have the better quarterback in this matchup. So, that's, honestly, screw the spread. Just give me the under 40-and-a-half. There's going to be no yeah. points scored. Yeah, that might be actually a good one. Um, we got the Bengals at the Jets. That should be interesting. Um, the Bengals are four and a half point road dog or road favorites. There's no way Joe Flacco does it again. There's no there's way. No way. And, and there's got listen. The Bengals are much better than zero and two. They're a much better team than an zero and two team at this point. It, but it's their offensive line has not looked like it's improved despite the despite how much they improved the unit during the off season. So I'll tell I'll tell this is the Bengals opening statement of the season. They're going to win, and they're going to win by – I'll say they win by two touchdowns in this game. This is the Mike White revenge game. The Bengals are still mad at how this game ended last season, so I'm going to say the Bengals get it done this time. Bengals minus the points. Hmm. Um, we got our first 4 o'clock game, the Jags at the Chargers. The Chargers are a touchdown favorite. I don't believe in the Jags. I just think the Colts are so lost. I think they lost their eighth game in a row in Jacksonville this past weekend. So I will take the Chargers. Gosh, I don't like laying full touchdowns. Neither do I. I don't like teams traveling across three time zones either. (laughs) I, uh, gosh, you know what? Trevor Lawrence, despite his really good stat line last week, he had a lot of underneath routes. That was an easy performance that he put together. He was not right. really challenged. And for that reason, I think the stat line makes you think Trevor Lawrence is actually better than he was. That might be what convinces me to go with the Chargers minus a seven, because I think that a lot of people are going to see the score from last week and just assume that Trevor Lawrence was leading the way to a really good victory. I'm not so sure about that. So I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. And uh, that's a lot of points to lay, and I don't like it. But I think into I, I'm big on, uh, you know, your eyes are lying to you in the NFL. I'm very big on that. And I think a lie is a, a lie from last week is that Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars were good. I, I think it was more yeah. about the Colts being bad. So we will go with the Chargers. And, oh, I hate laying seven, but I'll do it. Um, do you want to talk about an awful matchup? We got the Atlanta Falcons at Seattle Seahawks. Oh my gosh. Um, Seahawks are minus one and a half. Uh, Geno Smith is a covering machine at this point, so give me the Seahawks. The Falcons have been close in each game they played. 
although one was they blew a lead in the second game was they had to come back from a lead that they ended up losing. Um, but Gino, like I said, he's a covering machine, so give me the Seahawks. Falcons win on the road. Mm. There we go. First win of the season. Battle of the Birds. I'll go Falcons, even though. Well, uh oh, oh, wait a minute. Three time zones. I forgot. I changed my <laughs> mind. Seahawks. <laughs> um, we got the Packers at the Buccaneers. That's probably going to be America's game of the week. Uh, the Buccaneers are minus two and a half. Um, this feels like a spot where the Packers are just going to get rolling. Like they they got crushed week one, and then they more or less they crushed the Bears. The Bears were in it, and there's a couple spots during that game where you could say the Bears were in it, but they pretty much handled Chicago. Um, so give me give me the, yeah give me the Packers plus two and a half. I think they went out right. Um. I think I might do that too because I think the Buccaneers have gotten only with playing two really bad teams, or at least the, I don't know if the Saints are a really bad team, but they played really poorly last right. week. So I think that that two and no next to the Buccaneers game might be some fake news because they they, they have not been that good. So, uh, man, beating the Bears is not a tremendous challenge. No. So I, I'm also kind of cool on. The pack. I might just go. You know what? Over forty-one. Fine by me. It's not. Yeah, it's not a bad one either. Um, next game is a game I don't have a read on either of these teams. Uh, the Rams at the Cardinals. Cardinals are three and a half point home dogs. I guess give me the Cardinals, but I don't feel great about it. That's good enough for me. Get give them the hook, and they're the home dog. Right. I like it. That's that'll work. And right. they can and then, they can clearly come back from a deficit. Sunday night football. We got the 49ers at the Broncos. Absolutely hysterical that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback the rest of the way. Um, I mean, it's not hysterical that Trey Lance is hurt for the year, but yeah, you're, are you rooting for injuries? Is that what I just heard? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. But um, I just find with all the talk around, like, could you imagine if Baker Mayfield had to start for the Browns this year? When with Deshaun Watson suspended, that would have been all-time hysterical. But yeah. it's obviously a different situation. Jimmy Garoppolo is actually won games that matter in San Francisco. Um, but the Broncos are only a one – are actually a one-point home dog in this game. They haven't looked great. San Francisco has not looked great either. But I guess give me the Broncos just because they're the home team in here. They got to get it together at some point. I mean, right. I I know last week they had some goofy play calling again where they basically had a field goal that turned into a punt because they didn't know what they were doing. Eventually they got to wear this stuff's got to wear off. So, I'll go with the Broncos. It's I do like home. the under though in this game. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, I do too. Primetime um, unders are now 6 and 1 to start the year. Hmm. But, and here's my issue with it. I feel like you could find a stat for everything. Absolutely. So, you know, whatever you're feeling, you can go find some some detail of this game, whether it's the 49ers on the road, the Broncos at home, Russell Wilson at home, uh, Nathaniel Hackett at home, whatever you want. 
I just you can find any stat to support whatever you believe, and so just roll with you what you believe. And I do believe I I like home dogs on I I like uh, underdogs on Sunday Night Football. Um, a few years ago there was were just there were so many upsets like it didn't even make sense. Like I think the right. Jacoby Brissett Colts like wiped the floor with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City one year. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes had that one play where he like he scrambled basically like forty yards and then heaved a touchdown or something. I yep. don't know. I remember um, having the Chiefs that game. That's all I yep. really remember. That. And uh, it, nothing makes makes sense. So I like the underdogs and they're at home. And you feel like the Broncos got to get their crap together at some point because they're professionals and a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff is amateur that they're pulling off. Good spot to take the Broncos. Right. Hey, I mean, you're basically betting on them to win at plus one. So, but, um, and then Monday night football, we got the Dallas Cowboys at the undefeated New York football giants, uh, minus two and a half. The giants are favorites over under 39 and a half. Um, I kind of think what the Cowboys did against Cincinnati was a little fluky. I don't believe Cooper Rush can really do that again. So I'll take the New York football champions. I would love it if the Giants started three and zero. Man, I'm gonna. Yeah, what the Giants just won the East, like just like handily won the East. That will be a free game. Whoever plays them in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I, I would be curious what they would do with Daniel Jones at that point. I mean, obviously, they would probably try and get rid of him because he's not the guy, but that would be so funny. On paper, they do not have playoff talent. Um, no. Just Could looking be. through their depth, depth charts. So this would be hilarious, but especially from a team who's drafted so poorly over the past decade, like for them to put it all together would be kind of miraculous. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for this team. I've been rooting for them to start the year, so let, let's go all the way. Uh, they're a home favorite, so I think they're gonna win the game. Now, will they cover the spread? I don't know. I think it's gonna be close, but against Cooper Rush, go ahead and give me the Dol- the uh, the Dolphins. They're not even playing the Giants, is what I meant to say. Love it. Uh, before we get into this trivia, how about we uh address the MLB playoff situation or not situation, but the picture. Go ahead. You bet. So, oh, I know why you're doing this because I think you just had a big series against Minnesota. Yes, we did. We effectively ended the twin season. We're now seven games up on the Minnesota twins. However, we got our final series with the white Sox starting tonight. We're four games up on the white Sox. We got them for three in Chicago. So, Unless we get swept, we could – well, we couldn't clinch because I think our magic number is still like 12. But the Guardians can effectively clinch a playoff spot with this series, which is absolutely bizarre to think about. Right. I um, I, I think that the Guardians this, – this division is so weird that you play in, dude. Every single year, it's like – it's almost like the Guardians win by default. I never, ever think that you have a good team, and then you're just there. Mm-hmm. And the, the Twins had their little window where they did something, but, gosh, it must be nice to play against the uh, the Tigers and the Royals 19 oh, times a year. Beautiful. 
It's unbelievable. And then the tell me about the White Sox because they were like competing for a little bit and then they weren't or they now they are. I I know that they've gotten better since Tony LaRusse has been absent. They have, but they climbed in such a big hole to start the season and they kind of for a while there it looked like they were just kind of going to fade away in the middle of the season. Then they then Larusa went away, and they kind of had this mini resurgence. They're only four games back, um, according to ESPN. They have a twelve percent chance to make the playoffs, while the Guardians have a ninety. Um, it's just the White Sox. Their pitching hasn't held up. Their offense goes hot, is hot and cold, and they are extremely hot or extremely cold. Hopefully, we get the latter of that. Uh, starting tonight. What's the, what's the pitching matchup tonight, by the way? Let's see. We got... We got... Aaron Savali versus Dylan Cease, who might win the Cy Young, so that's great. Um, where did this go? Where my standings go? But yeah, the I can't. it's so hard to believe that the Guardians are in if it's a win the Central after... To be honest, I thought the White Sox were going to run away with this division. I thought so, too, because they were just so darn talented heading into this season. Right. And they they wasted a ton of time just kind of putzing around earlier on mm-hmm. in the season. I don't know what their deal was because they have so much talent in that lineup. Kind of like the Padres right now. The Padres, um, since the deadline, have not been very good. Uh, no. I think they're starting to pick up a little bit of steam because they just took over the Phillies for the second spot in the NOL car race. But I thought the White Sox were going to be really good this year, and they have not been at all. No. Um, but it, it is wild that they are as bad as they are. But obviously they still have time. They have to sweep us at this point. Um, but I'm very happy to see I'm very happy that my Guardians are likely going to be back in the playoffs in a year which was supposed to be massive, a massive development year and still is a massive development year because we are still – we're the youngest team in baseball by a wide margin. And our AAA team is the widest – or the youngest in, in the minors or in AAA by a wide margin. So this could be the start of something special in Cleveland. And it may, they may just be a year early. They may be outperforming themselves, but – I've enjoyed it very much. Um, the East, the Yankees are the Yankees are they're all. I mean, they're five and a half up on Toronto, six and a half up on Tampa. But at one point, I thought they were going to win 120 games. Yeah, and then basically everybody not named Aaron Judge just completely yeah quit the season seemingly. Um, yeah. Um, more, more on Aaron Judge later in trivia. I might have done a little, little tease right there. But uh, the Yankees lineup has been absolutely terrible for a significant amount of time now. So I wonder what kind of momentum they're going to be carrying into the playoffs because you, you might get caught by a team that's less talented than you unless they figure it out over these next couple of weeks because it's go time now. You know, they always say, that you don't always – the best team doesn't always win the World Series. It's simply just who's to get taught mm-hmm. at the right time because everyone knows this. Baseball is just a streaky game. That's how it goes. So, right. 
we got two weeks left in the season. This is go time for every single team looking to make a playoff run because it starts now. You got to get those bats going. You got to get your arms ready to go. Um, you got to get yourself in playoff shape so that way you can hit the ground running once October comes and you're going to be playing some good competition. So it's, this is the – this is last call, basically, for the New York Yankees to get it together before the postseason. Right. Um, uh, they they are going to have a bye to start the playoffs because they're the Guardians are the for the best two division winners have buys to start this year, and then the third um, division winner plays the sixth seed. So right now in the American League, it would be Astros and Yankees, which are going to be the two buys, and then it would be Rays versus Blue Jays. And Mariners versus Cleveland, which I absolutely do not want. I do not want the Mariners. Um, in the National League, obviously, the Dodgers are going to have a bye because they are awesome. Uh, and then the mm-hmm. winner of the NL East, so currently the Mets. Um, and then the pl- the uh, wild card teams would be the Braves and Padres would play each other. And then the Phillies at Cardinals, your St. Louis Cardinals, um, would be yeah. that one. Um, they, they have effectively clinched, I would say they're eight and a half up in Milwaukee, which means we're getting closer to just sticking Albert Pujols in the lineup every night, hoping he gets two more, but. Hey, they're getting there. They're, uh, certainly going to, I think, win the division. I think they got, last I checked, it was an eight game lead. So it would take a even, even better. It would take a miracle for Milwaukee to catch them. And uh, the Cardinals right now, as I just mentioned about the Yankees, they got to get hot. The Cardinals are not hot right now. So these last two weeks really, really matter to them. This week, they got San Diego. They got L.A. both – actually, and Milwaukee. All three of those games – or all three of those series, I should say, on the road. That's this week. Next week, it's all Pittsburgh all the time. They got three at home in Bush Stadium to end – to end their home sh- home stand for the season, and then they got three on the road in PNC Park. So, the window for Albert Pujols to hit number seven hundred in Bush Stadium has now been reduced to three dates. Which Ooh. you'd like to see it be done in Bush Stadium. Obviously, right. you take it wherever you can get it, but those those three dates, that final week of the year, that's what we're looking at. And um, Cardinals fans are very very positive that Albert's going to hit number seven hundred. Um, he, he's not going to finish the season below 700. When you have six games against the Pirates, especially over here in St. Louis Cardinal land, they're very, very confident that if they can't, if Albert can't get it this week, he'll definitely get both of them next week. And they also mm-hmm. think that Pirate, the Pirates pitchers are just going to be grooving in fastballs because apparently <laughs> Cardinals fans think that Pirates pitchers have no self-pride and all, all they care about the end of their season is making sure that they're a part of history by getting into Albert Pujols' highlight by throwing him a fastball right down the middle so he can crank them into history. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, no, that would be stupid. We have, um, we have self-pride. Uh, the Cardinals' magic number is eight right now. So unless unless it, the, the collapse of all collapses, like the 2007 Mets, they're, they're going to win the Central. Um, their magic number is lower than their – current lead on the division so they're they're probably going to find a way to do it which means albert's going to have more time to do hit 700 which i still think albert pujols is juicing and baseball doesn't care um because they shouldn't because people in get st louis are uh they get very offended if you even suggest that 
They Good. were livid at Max Kellerman. Oh, I mean, it's not how Max Kellerman says some wild shit, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's not like baseball fans to be stupid. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I th- I also, somebody tweeted out uh, Albert Pujols' stats if he played a full 162, and it's like kind of bizarre. Like I think he was like on pace, and this was what, a couple this weeks season? ago. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago, so it may have been because he kind of had that stretch where he hit like a home run every other night. Um, he was on pace for like forty-eight home runs. It's like wow, he must well, be juicing. No, no, it's because he he's awesome against lefties. He can't hit righties worth a damn. He's only good yeah, against makes lefties. Sense. Makes sense. So, but, um, so for a lot of the season, he was only playing against lefties. Now, he's over the past couple of months, he's just been hot. So they've been letting him hit more and more right-handers. But it used okay. to be exclusively left-handers at the beginning of the year. That's probably what it's going to be throughout the playoffs, I would assume. Probably. Um, I'll tell you what, my Houston Astros future is looking really good right now. I really like that. They are far and away the best team in the American League. I have a ton of futures on the board. I just let me pull, let me pull them up. Some I don't even remember placing. Shocker. Uh, I don't really remember placing Adley Rushman to win American League Rookie of the Year. Although, <laughs> although it, there was a time where I was like, "Oh shit, he's catching up," because I got it at. 41. Oh no, he was never catching J Rod. He was. He was. He. There was a time. Because I got it at forty to one, and it got down as much as four to one. So he, there was a time where he was making a lot of ground, but Julio Rodriguez, and it was probably when Julio Rodriguez was hurt, to be honest. But Julio Rodriguez comfortably uh, secured that, so I'm not going to win that. Um, I got Astros to win the World Series uh, plus five fifty. I have the Bills to win the Super Bowl plus six hundred. Uh, the Ohio State University to win the national championship. Oh, what? How do you feel about that one? Ohio State. Yeah. Good because there's only like three teams that can actually win. There's one. Maybe, maybe two. All right. The winner of the SEC and then Ohio State or Michigan. Um. We might, might, might. I don't think we'll have this. This is as likely of a year as ever that we'll only have two conferences in a fourteen playoff. That's. I mean, that was my prediction. It was Ohio State or is Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Michigan was my prediction. But and then my final future, the one I feel most confident in, the Cleveland Guardians to win the World Series plus nine thousand. Hmm. Plus nine thousand. Hey, good odds. I only put like eight bucks on it because that's how much I had left over. So I'm like, yeah, I'll put it on a future. Guardians ninety to one, sure. Good odds at this point, but it, yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wonder what they're at right now. They're probably like sixteen to one or something like that. Let's see, will be futures. Um, they are thirty three to one. Oh, you what can the get heck? the um, 
you can get the already eliminated Chicago Cubs, Colorado Rockies, Los Angeles Angels, Miami Marlins, San Francisco Giants, and Texas Rangers. You can still get those teams at plus 200,000. I'll tell you uh, what, I don't think those are worth it. Yeah, I don't think those are worth it Why would they whatsoever. even offer those? These are hated. Just in case people don't yeah, know what they're doing. Yeah, in case somebody wants to give them some, give Bovada some money. Yeah, in case somebody wants to make a donation. Yeah. Wanna wanna get head head into some trivia? Why, yes, I do. I sure do. Alrighty. Let's uh let's get this started off. Uh, let me actually write down a a tiebreaker question. Uh. Hmm. One of these is going to be my tiebreaker questions, and I'm not sure which one. But let me start off with this. Now that Trey Lance is out for the season, likely, again, you know, we don't know the long-term diagnosis entirely, but we have a pretty good idea that he's likely going to be out for the entire year. Jimmy Garoppolo is now your starting quarterback in San Francisco. Who is your backup quarterback in San Francisco now? Ooh. Could this potentially be Nate Sudfeld? I think it might be. Or it could be Nate Mullins. Hmm. Let's think about this. Let's think about this. Mullins and Sudfeld are two options just because they are career backups. Um... Hmm. Oh, no. I think Mullins with the Raiders because Mullins now he's not. He there, did. So. Yeah, he started against the Raiders. Remember that was the big COVID game. Oh, that's right. Where everyone was out. The Browns almost won, and then they didn't. It was fairly sad. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll go Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. Uh-oh. Uh, after Jimmy Garoppolo was announced that they were going to trade him, which they never did, Nate yeah. Sudfeld was the backup of the 49ers. Oh. He, he got cut before the season started. So it okay. is now it is now the one, the only, you know this name, and uh, I think Joe Davis had a famous call of his one time when he threw a pick six against TCU. It is one Brock Purdy. Gross. That is uh-huh. disgusting. Uh-huh. Seventh round, dra- seventh round rookie. My God. You know, I was looking for uh, – now you may know this one. Do you know who the Browns' third string quarterback is? Uh... Oh, Josh Dobbs. No, well, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming in that that Deshaun Watson is counting as a starter. Is uh, it Josh, Josh Rosen? Deshaun Watson. Uh, it was at one point, but it is Kellen Mond. No way. Yep. Oh. They released Josh Rosen because he was, um, how the kids say, fucking terrible. <laughs> um, I, I had the unfortunate pleasure of watching him play live in a preseason game this year. Uh, wasn't great. Was not great at all. Um, but my first question: Who is the current 
Major League Baseball league leader in batting average. I think it's Freddie Freeman. It is Freddie Freeman. Oh. 29 average. Paul Goldschmidt has a 322. I will and say. Jeff McNeil has a 320. I am not on that tab, but that tab is up somewhere on my bar on <laughs> my Google Chrome right now because I am about to ask you a question about batting average. Okay. So, I. Uh, here we go. Aaron Judge is one batting average point away from owning the Triple Crown in the American League. Little known fact. He's batting 316. The leader is 317. Aaron Judge is tied for second in batting average in the American League. Who is he tied with for second place? Since I know that you know who first place is. I do know who first place is. Yes, you do, because you just played against him in this past series. Oh, uh, Luis Arise. Okay, well, then it's Xander Bogarts. It is Xander Bogarts. Yeah, because I knew it was one of those two. If you, did, if you didn't say who was first place, I'd probably – it would have been a debate from myself between Arise and Bogarts. No, oh, that would have been fun. I love it when you guess wrong. When you, when, you, when you have the right answer, then you talk yourself out of it. Right. That's always fun. Um, okay, so we're doing – I asked you last week an over-under question. I gave you a number, and you had to guess over or under. I'm going to do that again. Uh, Antoine Jameson, career high in points scored in a game, over or under 48 and a half. Hmm. 48's a lot. It is a lot. But he was also pretty, pretty good. Um, it was. I, I'm, I'm going to regret this answer. I'm going to say under. You are going to regret it because it's over. It is 51. I believe he did that when he was with the Wizards. That makes sense. Alright, here's my uh, my third question for you. Alright, DJ. You told me that you were all excited to watch USC and Stanford over the weekend. Were you? Um... I was excited to watch USC whoop the shit out of them, in which they did by at least nine and a half points. All right, so you had the sp- you had the spread, so you were paying attention to the game. Yes. Who led Stanford in receiving that game? Hmm. That. It's like Jurisic or something like that. Last so names are acceptable. What's that? I said last names only are acceptable. I don't. You don't have to get both. Okay, so I'll go with that guy because I think he did. He fell five yards short behind Elijah Higgins. Elijah Higgins. You may That's, have heard that I mean, name. I only know. Um, this yours set guy. I don't know why I know him. I think his name just kind of stuck out when they kept saying his name. Uh, and then I know Emmett Smith's kid, but he kept fucking up in the game. So probably yeah, he had man. two he fumbles. Yeah, in the red zone. Um, okay. Well, Dan, they could have won. They they only lost that? by thirteen. I said they only lost by thirteen. They could have won if he. I know they tried to blow that cover. USC tried to blow that cover. 
Um, it, we all we all remember the 2003 NBA draft, correct? Yep. The top five: LeBron James, Darko Milicic, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. Who was drafted sixth? Central Michigan, Chris Kamen. That's bullshit. <laughs> How'd you know that? Uh, just looking at that draft before, I guess. Uh, Kirk was Kirk Heinrich seventh. He was. Now I'm out. After after those two, I'm out. I got no one. T.J. Ford from Texas. Oh, yep, yep. Mike Sweetney from Georgetown. Oh my gosh, that guy played in the big three. And then Jarvin (laughs) Hayes out of Georgia. Oh yeah, Michael Petris was in that draft. Yes, of the Orlando Magic. Right, Nick Collison. That's right. Oh, white guy for the Supersonics. David West. Oh, he's good. He was, he was. yeah. Sasha Pavlovic, Pavlovic, Cleveland Cavalier legend. Uh, Dante Jones, another Cleveland Cavalier legend. Boris Diaw, another Cleveland Cavalier legend. Those were all three in a row. That was a run of Cavs legends. Kendrick Perkins, Cleveland Cavalier legend. <laughs> uh, Leonardo Barbosa went in the first round. Golden State Warriors legend. Yup. Um, he almost killed us in the finals. That probably would have, I probably would have ended it right there. Um, <laughs> second round of that draft. Luke Walton, Cleveland Cavaliers legend. Cleveland Cavaliers co- coaching legend currently. Um, Steve Blake wasn't with the Cavs, but sounds like he should be. Zaza Pachulia, again, wasn't with the Cavs, but sounds like he should have been. Mo Williams, excuse me, Cleveland Cavaliers legend. All-star. Yeah, oh yeah. Speaking of all-stars and Cleveland Cavalier legends, Kyle Korver. Yes, well, all-star in Atlanta, though. Yeah, when the entire Atlanta Hawks were all-stars. Except for their small force. Ah, you probably would have gotten that. If I gave you that as a trivia question, would you have gotten that? small? Who was the only member of the Hawks lineup to not go to the all-star game that year? Who was their small forward? Was it um, Torian Prince? It was Damari Carroll. Damari Carroll, same thing. Shoot, did I you have any three that. questions? I did. I'll ask you a fourth if you want it. Yeah, sure, why not? You already won, so but I want to hear it. Uh, yeah. Feels good to hear that again. I haven't heard that in a while. Um, <laughs> all right, hey, Malik Cunningham, I got to say, looks pretty good for Louisville, all right? There seems to be a, a trend of what Louisville is going for in their quarterbacks because they've had three in a row that all kind of fit the same mold as far as how they played the game. And uh, there was a lot of hype around Malik Cunningham uh, this season. There was a lot of hype around the other guy who split the difference between Malik Cunningham and Lamar Jackson. Who was that guy? Split So in between Malik Cunningham and Lamar Jackson? Yep, but he looked the exact same in the uniform and played the exact same. They're all triplets, those three. Let's see. I'm trying to think. A name I completely forgot about. Probably already forgotten about him, too, but... Um... Man, Louisville kind of sucked then. He played against Notre Dame. We 
Could it be? Is it Malik Cunningham's brother? Is it, what's his name? He had a brother, I think, went to Louisville. Was it his brother? No, it was Jawan Pass. Jawan Pass. I remember him. I didn't I thought his brother started a couple games. can't remember his name, though. Or did he even have a brother? I don't know. I, uh, I thought he had a brother that went there. Let's find out. Or a family member. Okay. I'm not seeing any. I guess I've just made that up. I thought at Louisville. Oh, well, get this. Well, this, this is going to confuse you. Cunningham okay. originally went by his middle name Malik before changing to his true name Mikhail midway through the 2019 season. He again went by Malik in 2020. So he, so he used to go by Mikhail? No, yes. He used to go by Malik, then he changed and went by Mikhail, then went by Malik again. That's probably what I was thinking of. That's confusing. Yeah. But, okay. Kale versus oh, speaking of the 49ers and quarterbacks, they are signing Kirk Benkert to their practice squad. Good for him. Oh, I've heard the name, but place him. I don't know. I have no idea who that is. Good for him. Probably better than Brock Purdy, I'll tell you what. I am willing to bet so. A lot of people are better than Brock Purdy. Fair enough. You ready yeah. to get up out of here? I am. All righty. We are going to some football this weekend. We are going to. Uh, we got Thursday we're... games, Friday games, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. When yeah. Start? What? Like November. It's always late in the year. I want it now. I want it. Oh, and I want it now. We are Mad- going what, to. What, what Madden was that song from? I don't know. It was like the it was like the remix of like I want it all and like we will rock you. It was like awful, but it was like <laughs> football video game music. I don't know. I, I really don't. But that sounds kind of funny. I'll I'm gonna have to look that up. But uh, we're gonna be talking a lot of football next week. I mean, what do you expect out of us? Come on. So mm. that's what we're gonna do. So if you want to join us, go ahead and watch yourself some football next week. And particularly, pay attention to what's going on on Thursday night because we're probably going to have a lot of thoughts on that next week. All right? You understand? Good. I'll have right. some thoughts. I know that. Yep. Everybody take care. Go watch some football, on, especially Amazon Prime on Thursday. Or take the care. Guardians tonight. Or then, yeah. Uh, it's a big game. This is the biggest series of the season for both these teams. Against two. Against the White Sox. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right. RIP Twins. Take care, everybody. Yep. Peace.